if we can see education as a service first, if we can remember the human first, and then the content and the programming is in our back pockets, then I think we're on the path to making a difference in the lives of many people, including our own. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 244. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about being a hope giver with my special guest, Marita Diffenbaugh. Marita Diffenbaugh is honored to serve as principal of Elevate Academy North, a public career technical charter school for students in grades six through 12. She has served as a teacher, administrator, and has provided leadership support for district schools and classrooms. As a partner with Elevate Academy Incorporated, Marita is connecting education with industry and community by developing, planning, and launching a new North Idaho school in the fall of 2022. Marita is dedicated to using her strengths and experiences to advocate for respect and opportunity for all learners. She's also the author of a new book, and she believes that hope is a prerequisite for learning and looks for ways to help others see their value is expressed in her recently published book, Learner, Finding the True, Good, and Beautiful in Education. Her book is for hope givers who thrive when helping others develop their full potential. Marita Diffenbaugh, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. Can you please fill in the gaps on that intro? And why don't you tell listeners something else that they may be surprised to know about you? Thank you so much, Will, for having me here. And absolutely, I'm happy to share about a little bit of my journey. You know, I something that may surprise listeners is that I did not complete high school and I am actually getting ready to, uh, you know, launch a brand new high school. And, uh, you know, experience has been my teacher as well as filling in a lot of the gaps uh, through a variety of educational resources and college and uh, collaboration. Uh, But part of my story and why this uh, book and my work is so important to me is helping students find hope, especially those students who may have um, found themselves on a path that has uh, taken them down a road of not being successful at that moment. Wow. Well, there's nothing more powerful than a personal story to provide you the motivation for being a hope giver. So I'd like to start there, Marita, because that's such an emphasis in your new book. And for those of you that are interested in Marita's book, we'll at the end of this conversation tell you how you can find her new book. But Marita, back up just a little bit and and tell us that story of how you and your own learning came to the place where you are and how that's motivating you to become a hope giver. Um, I started off um, in a surprised way in education. You know, um, as a teen mom, I um, I got my GED. I can, and then I just thought I, I need to go and do some more kind of. Uh, I needed skills, you know, to get a job, and so I went right into community college and just kind of continued a variety of of pathways there, from cosmetology to management uh, at a at a local. Uh, grocery store and I was never going to be a teacher, you know, but uh, mostly because I think I spent a lot of time in the classroom with my mom as a teacher. Um, And 
I just found myself there, you know, just wanting to ultimately realizing that education is the best venue to provide hope for people. And uh, it is the best place to help students find their value and um, connect them with things that they can contribute in this world, um, things that matter to them and in ways that they can be a contributor and be successful themselves. So I, I love my role in education. It's such a compelling story, Marita, and I'm so glad you started there because when you wrote this book as an educator, you talk about leading from the philosophy of providing hope, which is the the why that you lead from, but you also unpack that why through a really practical way. And so if if listeners, if you could see the cover of her book, the word learner uh, is an acronym because each letter is followed by a period. And so Marita, I would love it for just a moment if you could explain to listeners how you use that word learner to unpack several phrases and words that helped guide you in educating your students. And then if we have time, let's take a few minutes and just pick one or two of those areas and explain how you can apply that in your service to students. With being an educator, um, have it be that you are a a teacher, a paraprofessional, a principal, a superintendent, sometimes it's really difficult to go home at night and feel like you have met the mark, that you have made the success you hope to make. Uh, Sometimes it's difficult with the current way that we measure success in education. So from experience, I, I came up with this acronym LEARNER, and I feel that if a teacher or administrator is using the acronym LEARNER, And if a learner themselves, a student is using the same acronym, then success is there. Success will happen because ultimately learning will be happening. And so with that, um, learner stands for listen. You know, that's the L. And uh, that's the first step. You welcome. Who are you? What are you interested in? We're listening for readiness. We're listening for relevance. And we're listening for ways that students can contribute. And that leads us right into empower. And when we think about empower, you know, it's it's what's our vibe? What's our vibe at our school? What's our vibe in our district? Is there two-way communication and actionable feedback and responsive feedback available? And do, do people belong? All the people belong. What part does everyone realize that when they are missing and they don't come to school, they don't come to work, that it matters that they were missed? So that's the E for empower. And next we get to analyze. And this was the hardest chapter to write because I've been thinking about how we can better measure success of learning. Currently we measure with calendar and grade levels and that's really been a challenge. Not all students can find success in the way that we have created benchmarks, but all students are learning and can learn. And so I really challenge uh, the readers and myself to analyze what is working. Um, I I challenge us to clean the garage together. What are we going to keep? What are we going to research? And what are we going to let go of? And I think that's really important, especially going through our recent pandemic, and we're in it right now. We've had to do a lot of sorting, and we've had to do a lot of prioritizing all the way through the system. So analyze is next. Then we get into resources. And when you're an educator, Sometimes resources might mean, what's your budget to go buy the tools? But this time I really thought deeply about the resources that we already have. We have wonder, we have play, and we have spaces to learn. So how can we activate those three resources that two of them people come with and really um, you know, encourage and expedite learning in a big way? 
once you have gone through the resources, it's the needs. And just like you had mentioned at the beginning, Will, hope is the prerequisite for learning. And that is the biggest need. If, if someone doesn't believe that they're valuable and that it matters that they're learning whatever is in front of them, then learning will not happen. There's nothing you can do to force a learner to learn. Uh, but you can encourage them with small wins and um, find ways to provide joy and celebrations for the, the learning that does happen. Help them with uh, creating their learning plans, setting their own goals and providing that feedback so that they can continue to grow. And that finally leads us to an E on the learner for experiences. And uh, you know, this is interesting because when I first started teaching, when in my teacher prep programs, we started with experiences and lesson planning. And really uh, through, through my life, I've realized that, oh, if you are not listening and empowering and analyzing, knowing who you're serving and finding out what resources and needs are there, then the lesson planning might not hit the mark. And so by the time you get to experiences on the learner acronym, you're really in a place of matchmaking and you're in a place of co-designing with your students and um, you're in a place where you can provide that actionable feedback where the you're studying the learner and the learner studying the content and then finally all along the way you've been developing relationships from the moment you listened to the person you serve and so um, that's really where the true the good and the beautiful comes into the book as well um, when you have these this acronym activated you can be sure that you're honoring the whole person um, and that is your measure of success. Wow, Marita. And Principal Matters listeners, you know that I am taking notes on this conversation too. So learner listens, empowers, analyzes, provides resources, understands needs, designs experiences, and offers caring relationships. What a great summary, Marita. Let's take a few minutes now because I know you have stories and I know you have examples within your book and within that design that stand out to you as ways that you've applied that in your own leadership or ways that others could apply it in their own education service. So could you take us through one or two of those areas and just unpack it a little bit more so that we can think about ways to apply that learning? One thing that I've really been pondering is what is feedback and how to best support learning to continue. And I had an opportunity to be mentored by a good friend, Doug Park, where he he brought in some work from um, that was a double feedback loop, but we added a third loop to it. And basically what this means is um, the, the when you're first trying to find out why someone's not able to learn, what is the problem? Why, why is movement not happening? That's the listen and the empower part. You're trying to analyze the cause. What, what's going on here? And you involve the person that you're supporting with that. And while you're um, listening and empowering them, you get to the next thing of what is that root cause? And then finally you get to the place of, you know, what is the actionable kind of reflective uh, feedback that can happen with this? You know, it's, it's really no different than, uh, you know, I have two beautiful grandchildren and I watch them play a lot. They're five and two years old. And I watch them give each other actionable and responsive feedback all the time. 
you know, that, nope, that's not working. Why is that not working? Sometimes it is not, it doesn't sound as professional as what we do in the schools, but it's still, no, that's, that's not quite right. This, this could be another way. And then you provide the resource or the modeling and support to get them there. So I think sometimes we can make learning really complex when humans naturally are prepared to learn. And if we can find ourselves as playing a part in someone's learning process, rather than having them follow us into a learning process, I think we're in a good place. That's such a great application. And you serve in a school right now, a career technology school, where a lot of students have tried to find success before, but they come to your school as an alternative opportunity. So take us there for a little bit, Marie, to help us understand what's unique about the students that you're serving and how you apply that kind of approach to their learning. Well, I, I will tell you, I have to back up a little to tell you how I be, how I was involved in this Elevate Academy Incorporated. I was working at our state department in Idaho and um, supporting about 25% of the schools and districts in our area that were looking at another way to support learners. And they were doing this under mastery-based education. How can we meet kids where they are, encourage their growing, and how can this be measured as success? You know, looking a little bit outside of how the traditional system works because they were realizing they weren't meeting all of the students' needs. A lot of Idaho is rural and uh, you have a, a lot of kids that have uh, a variety of experiences. And so it's important that we just help them continue their growing. Well, I met Elevate Academy, their team. Um, they were one of the schools that I was helping support in this study. And I just realized they had all the ingredients that I felt like was missing when I was teaching in the classroom and when I was supporting other teachers and principals with their students. Um, they, they had a piece of integrating the community in a way I had yet to see. And that's what I'm most excited about with this work. Of course, helping kids find hope, of course, helping them see their value, but also really creating that that connection to community. When I learn these skills and I can bundle them together, then I can qualify for these type of jobs that are down the road from me. And those jobs are needed right now. They need to hire people that are in this area. And so building that bridge between community and between um, education has been really inspiring. Our school's not open yet. We are going to be opening in um, August of 2022. So I've had the opportunity through this incredible fellowship to study the community, to be an advocate for what the needs are in industry and to create programming around that. And um, we kind of share the same tenants as the school that's out there in Elevate in Caldwell, Idaho, and we'll continue to have them as partners as we move forward. But that's, that's the great work is this responsive kind of education as a service. I can't wait till the fall of 2022 to see what that launch looks like for you all as you step into that next chapter. Marita, you have such a powerful personal story of how that kind of education has influenced your own ability to learn and become an educator and an education leader. And I know that each of us holds on to stories of students where we've seen those same where we have seen that same hope birthed. And so I'd, I'd love to ask this question to, to educators too. Who is, and you don't have to name names, but what student story do you hold on to when you think about ways that you've seen these lessons apply to those who, be, who you've served? 
I wrote this story, uh, one of the stories, uh, uh, just a snippet of this story in my book. And I, I'll tell you about this student. When I was teaching, he he would he would not even uh, start. He would choose to not start. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the student in your class that you you have done the best you can to present what the task is or the assignment. You've tried to activate the room. Everything seems to be great. And then there's the one or two students that just seem to just have not heard anything you said and, you know, that, that kind of thing. Well, this is this student. And, you know, he had kind of a reputation from that um, through by the time I got to him, uh, the comments were really negative around him, not, not even caring about school. And so I was bound and determined to, to hook him, you know, that this mattered, but I felt like it has to be two way. And this is really where I came up with the idea in the book of a job of the learner. Like this student, he needed to have um, he needed to have the opportunity to do something. Like he needed to see that he had a job to do. Something wasn't just being done to him. And so um, the deal was he needed to write his name on the paper before I would ever help him with anything. That was my my deal. We made a deal about it in a calm time, not when he was in a time of frustration. And I held him to it. You know, I held him to it. And um, he he eventually came around. It took four or five months before he that habit of just learned helplessness or I don't know, just a lack of uh, feeling safe to try that habit was was broken and he would start something and and I really learned that he he was trying he was really not uh, he didn't feel safe to learn he didn't feel safe to make mistakes there are a lot of reasons why he didn't feel safe to learn and make mistakes but I needed to help him see that it was okay for him to try something and it was okay for us to edit and revise and so I I tell this story about how we had this fun run that we did and the teachers would do a run. And one day I said, I, I would do the mile run with all my colleagues. Right. And the kids all brood on their teachers, but I wasn't feeling good that day. And I almost did not want to do it. But I look at this kid and I think I have got to go run that race. And I put my shoes on and I went out to run and, you know, I started really feeling bad about half, half a mile in. And I felt this little hand on my arm and it was him. And he's like, you can do this, Mrs. D. You've got this. You've got this. And he's just right now. I am now emotionally crying, trying to hold back the tears and run because I, first of all, don't feel good. I don't want to run this race. (laughs) And here's this kid. I have to do it. I have to do this for him. So I just keep running and he's running right with me. And a few minutes into the run, when we're co-running together, he lost a shoe. So he goes off and grabs a shoe and grabs me at the end of the race as we were crossing the finish line. He's running with this one foot, one shoe on, one shoe off. And he said, I knew you could do this, Mrs. D. I believed in you. And I thought right then he's going to be okay. See, he's, he's found hope. Not only has he found hope for himself, but he's helped bring hope to somebody else. And to me, there's nothing more powerful. I mean, the content can change. This was a silly running race, right? But it could be something really complex and, and, uh, it was, it was a powerful moment. That is such a powerful moment. Principal Matters listeners, you're probably pausing with me right now um, so you can wipe a few tears away. Um, Marita, what a great story. And what I love about that is the time that you took to invest in understanding your student, finding unique a unique way to communicate so that he could initiate, I want to learn. And that takes time. That, that There's no magic there. There's And, the, and it doesn't always work every student doesn't have the same trigger, 
every student doesn't have the same solution, but you took the time to understand that student long enough that obviously he connected your caring to his learning. And then and then flip the tables. When you needed him, he was there for you. And I, I, I love that story. And, and I know that all of us who've been in education can think back to those experiences that we had. I, it, you're bringing back a memory to me of one time I was in an office with a student who I had as an assistant principal in my office for a disciplinary reason. And, but we had built trust. So we were talking about this situation he was involved in. And out of nowhere, there was this banging on the the window outside my office. And there was this really large man that was standing there banging and, and motioning. So I got up and, and left the office and it was a father of another kid who had gotten a call and he was upset and you could tell he was visibly upset. And this guy towered over me by probably two feet. And I, I was able to um, quiet the situation, resolve his concerns, um, remind him that I have a student in my office um, and I'll call you back later. Stepped back in my office, and the and the and the boy that I was just in there assigning discipline to was on his feet, standing by my door, and he's like, "Mr. Parker, are you okay? Because I'm I was ready. I was ready to come out there any moment, and it, <laughs> I was I was ready to protect you at any moment." And I just started laughing because I realized that, you know, one, I wasn't unsafe, but two, that relationship with him was not just about the discipline that was happening in my office. It was about all of the other conversations we had ever had before then and all the ones that we would have after that, because it's not just, I'm an educator, he's a student. It's, I'm a person, he's a person, I'm a human, he's a human. And I love how you wrap that up in your story. You instilled hope in someone who now gave hope to you. And I think that we can see that cycle over and over again as we work with students. Well, Principal Matters listeners, I just want to encourage you to check out Marita's new book, learner, finding the true good and beautiful in education. And Marita, you may have some additional thoughts to add to that conversation we just had, but I always like to wrap up by asking you for any closing thoughts that you might have for listeners. And then how can they stay connected with you? I I feel like I just want to thank anyone who's listening, anyone who's in education, just thank you. Thank you for the work that you do every day for kids. Thank you for the work that you do every day for learners of all ages, that the gift that you offer is something that is lasting and it matters. If we can see education as a service first, if we can remember the human first, and then the content and the programming is in our back pockets, then I think we're on the path to making a difference in the lives of many people, including our own. Because I know that uh, to help a learner, you have to be a learner. And I'm just really grateful to be um, here learning with you all. And thank you for this time so much, Will. Thank you, Marita. And how can listeners stay connected with you if they want to find you on social media or reach out to you or connect with your books or your presentations? Yes, please find me on Twitter at M Diffenbaugh. Um, you can also just email me at my name, Marita Diffenbaugh at gmail.com. And I'd love to visit with you um, and support you. And if, if you'd like to do a book study with your team, um, we have some resources coming up for that as well in the future. I know um, Will has a great study guide resource that's on deck here. I don't know when, but it's coming. <laughs> it depends maybe if I get a lot of people ans- uh, re- reaching out to me, it'll happen sooner than later. Well, you can find Marita's new book at connected2ds.org, or you can go to Amazon uh, either way. And Marita Diffenbaugh, it is such a pleasure. Thank you for doing what matters for kids and principal matters listeners. 
just as Marita said earlier, thank you for the way that you serve and build relationships so that students can learn. And we'll talk to you next week. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.